Hey, this is Pastor Chris with Believer City Church. Listen, I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message on today. It's my prayer that something said will encourage you to believe in God, believe in yourself, and believe in others. And with that being said, let's jump straight into the message. Matthew chapter 4. I like to stand when reading the Word of God just to, to honor God's Word. So if you have the ability, please do it. Just repeat after me as I pray real quick. Say, Father God, I'm here today seeking to hear from you. So open my ears that I can hear. Touch my heart so that I will feel. And renew in me a right mind so that I will do. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, Amen. Matthew chapter 4, I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible, verses 1 and 2. If you have a Bible, follow along with me. If you don't, don't worry. We have technology. You can look at the screen. And this is the word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. The Bible says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by evil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. For a moment today, I want to just talk to you from the subject of fasting's reaction. You may be seated. Fasting's reaction. Somebody who is just catching on is like, what do you mean fasting's reaction? Well, we are in a year-long series entitled Reaction here at Believer City. The reason why we're in a year-long series, because I believe that that's what God has called us to do in this year, is to create a reaction. Things just doesn't happen by happenstance. Things happen because people cause it to happen. And so what we understand is that the reactions that we are expecting God, the things that we're looking for God to do, we have to be willing to put some work in it. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, but hearing by the word of God. But it also goes on to say that faith without works is dead. In other words, you can believe God for increase. You can believe God for a companion. You can believe God for health. You can believe God for all of these things. But if you don't do your part, if you don't put things into action, if you don't put in the work, then I promise you, you will not reap the rewards. And so we know that reaction is the response to what we create. And so I believe that this year God has called us to create some things. I believe that God has called us to create a uh, reaction within the church. I believe that we'll finish the finish out of the building with the carpet, the walls, the, the, the second children's area. I believe that all those things will take place. I believe that God has called us to create some reactions in individual lives. That's why we're moving to a small group setting on, instead of a Wednesday night Bible study because we found that small groups are more intimate and people get to interact and actually connect. It's not just one peer person talking, but there's multiple people talking. Plus, you can connect to whatever you're going through at that moment. I don't know if you can be honest for a minute, but sometimes you come to church and even though the word is good, it might be something that just doesn't hit the spot that you needed to hit right then. That's what small groups allow us to do. It allows us to, to find out if I'm struggling with depression, I want to catch in with a depression group. If I'm struggling with a divorce, I want to catch into that group. If I'm struggling in my marriage, I want to catch in with that group. Uh, you get to tailor your growth as it relates to what classes we have available and offering at that time. And if we don't have the class that you're looking for, then that means that you just got to talk about it. You got to tell somebody about it so that we can get that small group session up and running for you. So we want to know that we can create reaction within our church. But we also want to be a church 
that creates reaction within our community. Uh, it's amazing how oftentimes I go somewhere and I'm usually always wearing a Believer City shirt or a reaction or something that's associated with the church. And somebody says, well, you're the church behind Snap Fitness. Yeah, I love to be known as the church behind Snap Fitness. But when was the time that you came and visited our church? And most people have not. They, they've heard about it on social media. They've never walked in the door. It's the fear of the unknown. And so we have to create that reaction. We have to be a church that says, you know what, I'm going to go out in the community. I'm going to knock on doors. I'm going to pray for people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what people need instead of just worrying about somebody coming and satisfying our needs and fill a seat. And so we want to be a church that impacts the city because God is only going to give you what he can trust you with. And I want to be a person that says that I know that God has given me plenty because he can trust me with plenty. Amen. And so we, we are called this year just not to sit around and wait on God because the reality is God has already done it. He's already made things happen. He's just waiting on us to do our part. And so we have to be willing to create the reaction. But today we're talking about fasting reaction. I love this particular text in Matthew chapter four, uh, because just like many of us have come into the year celebrating a new year, we've made our resolutions. We made amends with certain people. We've cut people off. We deleted people off Facebook. We changed our phone numbers. We did whatever we had to do to make a whole fresh start. We did it. I understand. And, uh, but Jesus kind of went through the same thing in the text. It was a fresh start for him. I don't know if you, you know the story, but Jesus wasn't always, although we knew that he was the Messiah, he was not respected as the Messiah. People didn't identify him. Uh, at one point in time, he was just Jesus. He was just this little boy running around kicking rocks. And, and, and so people didn't see his identity. But in Matthew chapter 4, we understand actually with 3 and 4, Jesus comes into the fullness of who he is. His ministry begins in this text. In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist, his older cousin, baptizes him uh, and then when he baptizes him, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit transcended upon him like the dove. The skies open up and, and, the, and his heavenly father, our creator, simply said, this, to, this is my son and whom I'm well pleased. This is what the Bible says took place in that place. And then what we find out after Jesus had this grandstand, after he's gotten father's approval, after he knows that, that everybody knows who I am and what I'm called to do, now what we find out takes place is the Bible says that in Matthew chapter 4 that Jesus is led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Verse 2 goes on to say, and after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. I'm not even in my message yet, but I found two great points just looking in that text. Jesus just coming into his true calling. Jesus just now being prepared to fulfill what God had called them to ask them to do. He's just received his anointing. He's just received his approval. And now all of a sudden, after I just got my life right, now you're going to lead me into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but 2020 is not going to be easy for you. I know that you said I'm going to start off right. I know that you said I'm giving my life to God. But can I tell you something? It's when you give your life to God, when you say I'm going to try to do the right thing and I'm going to try to go the right way, that you are led to the test. But I want to tell you something. Don't blame the devil for the test. The Bible says in verse one, if you look at it, that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be what? Tested by the tester, to be tested by the enemy. There are things that you're going to go through in this year that's going to test you, that's going to try you, and you ain't even got to be mad at the devil for you going through it because the reality is what we need to understand. And as a believer, we don't have problems, we have processes. 
See, that's the problem with most of us as believers. We look at life as if it's a problem, but the reality is it's just the process. It's something we have to go through. It's something that, that's just stated, it's laid out, it's forced. And the thing is that the process has a path that's already been paved. We cannot fail. The Bible says that if we rely on the Spirit, we cannot fail. The Bible tells us that he was sent by the Spirit just to be tested so that he can show that he was worthy of whatever that God was going to do in his life. There are some things that God wants to do for you that you have to be tested to prove that you're ready for it. The reality is the test is what gives you strength. The test is what allows you to push through. I don't know if y'all have been to school. Hopefully y'all have. But every time you get ready to move to the next grade, you have to be what? Tested. Doesn't matter that you had perfect attendance that year. It doesn't matter that you was on the A, B, honor roll all year long. There's still a test that is required to determine if you're ready to pass and move forward. You could have lived a perfect, flawless school semester prior. But you fail the test, you don't move forward. This is how many of us are falling in our walk with Christ. We, we are doing everything right. I'm giving God. I'm sowing. I'm believing. I'm praying. But when those tests come, we give up. I don't test well. I panic. I don't test well when it comes to final exams. It just doesn't work for me. I, 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 I'm not one of those people who study all year long. I'm a crammer. I cram at the last minute. And, and back in the day, if I could just be honest, I was the kid that when they gave you the sheets, you just bubbled in guessing left A, B, C, D. I just, I just kind of mixed up because test made me paranoid. But it was not until I got to the point that I was actually prepared for the test that test became easy. The reason why many of us are fa failing tests is what, really why many of us are not taking the test is because we're not prepared for it. God will never put more on you than you can bear. The Bible tells us that. And this is why we have to, in this year, stop looking at things as problems. I know that you think just because you don't have enough money to pay your bills is a problem. No, it's a process. What you mean it's a process? It's a process to see if you have faith in God. We have to get to the point of where we believe that our problems are just processes. It's something that we have to go through just to get to where God wants us to be. It's not going to break us. Nothing can break us as long as we rest in the hands of God and we allow God to move in our life. But we have to trust in the process. So we learn in verse 1, and this ain't even a sermon, but we learn that the problems are part of the process. And then in verse 2, it baffles me because what he says in verse 2, and after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. He then became hungry. What we're going to find out in verse 3 is that now the enemy is going to test him. He didn't test him while he wasn't hungry. He tested him while he was hungry. He caught him at his weakest moments. I want to make sure that you understand this if you don't understand anything else. Our physical desires cannot trump our spiritual assignment. I, I, I don't know what you may be seeking personally for yourself, but you cannot, if you had a scale, allow the physical to outweigh the spiritual. This is where many of us fall as believers is because we look at what we need, the flesh needs, what the body needs, what, what our hearts need, what our emotions need. We look at all of these personal needs and we trump the spiritual. Oh God, I, 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 I need you. I need you in my life. I, I want you, but I got bills that need to be paid. So therefore I can't trust you with my finances or I can't trust you by being uh, remaining faithful and holy. I can't trust you by giving you my time because what we think we allow the world to trick us. 
we allow the world to trick us. And no, don't get it wrong. Bills do exist. But the reality is that if you trust God, he will provide. He will provide. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it really just, I don't know how I'm going to help you understand this. I, got, I shared a testimony today. Last week in ser- Sunday sermons, I was in the middle of praying. And God laid it on my heart to give somebody $100, to give somebody $100. And, and, and actually, a young lady came up out the service and said, Pastor, that was me. I needed it. I gave it. And I gave it. I let it go. On New Year's Day, I got another phone call from somebody that used to go to our church when we were in Dallas and said, Pastor, I, I, I just got a new bank account. It's the holiday. They, I can't get into my account. Sent me his bank statement, everything, and said, you know what? I got this new baby. She needs diapers. She needs milk. And he says, can you just give me something? Can you give me something? Instantly, I, in my heart, I was like, I'm giving you $100. I didn't even tell him. I said, meet me here. I'm going to give you $100. I gave him the $100, and he was like, as soon as it's clear, I'm going to give it back to you. I'm going to cash out. I was like, man, don't even worry about it. If you're in this situation, I don't, even, I, don't even worry, I don't even want it back. Don't even worry about it. I shared this testimony not to show that how generous I was in my giving, but with, when I wasn't even expecting it, I went into work this year, this week, and my boss hands me a check for $1,600 just saying, man, you did a good job this week. I don't have a doubt in my mind that I never would have got one blessing had I not passed the other two tests that came prior to that. It, it was not, it's one thing for God to say, okay, I see that you're going to do what I asked you to do when everybody's looking. But are you going to be willing to do what I'm asking you to do when nobody's looking? Are you, are you willing to do what I'm asking you to do? And, and it's because of the fact that you're willing to pass the test that God allows you to receive the benefit. You don't get 100 until you take the test. Why do you want the score before you go through the struggle? You have to be willing to go through the process to get what God has for you. And many of us, we're not succeeding, not because we're designed to fail, but we're just not taking the test. We panic every time we encounter the test. The test does not mean that God does not love you. Do you not realize that in Matthew chapter 3, he just says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, who I love? He's just given his credits to Jesus Christ, but he still goes through a test. Don't think that every time you're going through something that God does not care about you. Life is going to get hard. There will be struggles. I'm sorry that somebody told you when you get saved that everything's going to be perfect. They lied. They lied. The only thing that is perfect is that we have access to eternity. The only thing that is perfect is that we get peace that surpasses all understanding, that I get joy that nobody that the world can't take from me. The only thing that's perfect is I can go through a problem and just look at it as a process. It's not going to break me. It's designed to mold me. It's designed to lead me. It's designed to take me somewhere. Jesus shows us in this process that we have to go through things just because God loves us. I don't know if you read the story of Job, but he went through things just because he loved God. We have to be ready for the test. But today is not about the test. Today is about fasting. The results of fasting, if you're a believer, you've been in church for a while, you've heard this terminology of fasting. Some of you have maybe even started a New Year's fast, a Daniel fast. And, and maybe you just, you say you did it for God, but really, if we're going to be honest, we did it to lose about five or ten pounds. 
the reality of the situation. But today I want to make sure that you understand what fasting is and, and, and how fasting functions. And I want to tell you the benefit of fasting. The reason why I want to make sure that you understand the benefit of fasting, because if you take the opportunity in your personal time and you read Matthew chapter 17, there's going to be an opportunity where there was an issue where there was a man that was demonically possessed and the disciples tried to, uh, to cast out the demons and they were not able to. And Jesus actually tells them, man, y'all got a little bit of faith. Get out the way. Y'all have issues. And, and Jesus cast out the demon and the disciples go to him and ask him how do you do this and Jesus simply says to them that listen I want to make sure that you understand something that these type of things only come out through fasting and praying I want to make sure that you understand that fasting has power I don't know if you know the story of uh, of Jonah in the belly of the well and how they were posed to get in the belly of the great fish and they were posed he was supposed to go to Nineveh and tell them about all the things that they've done wrong and when Nineveh uh, found out what had happened uh, Jonah when Jonah had told them the news of what, what God was going to do to them the first thing that the king said that listen everybody we're going to fast everybody put on slack call don't nobody no animal don't nobody eat anything and as a result of it God changed what his punishment was for the people because they were able and they were willing to fast. I want to make sure that you understand this, if nothing else. I believe that fasting is fitness for our faith. I believe that fasting is fitness for our faith. I know everybody just signed up with gym memberships for the first of the year. Y'all done gave all these people all this money knowing that you ain't going. But yet and still, I believe that fasting is fitness for the faith. And when I say that, I want to make sure that you understand something. When you're fasting, uh, it's fasting is actually designed to train believers in overcoming the physical, the mental, and the emotional temptations as it relates to serving God's purpose. We have to understand that, that fasting will help us overcome the physical, the mental, and the emotional temptations so that we can overcome God's purpose, so that we can serve God's purpose. And the reason why many of us are struggling, because oftentimes there's two things that we're missing. We're missing a prayer life, which we'll talk about next week, but we're also missing a fasting life. We, we don't think that, we think that fasting is something of the old. Fasting is something that our grandmas used to do. We don't have to do that. And I want to make sure that you understand the power of fasting on today and the process of fasting. Uh, fasting, when I talk about the process of fasting, it, it allows you to make a decision to deny yourself, to express your devotion uh, to your dependence on God. That's what fasting allows you to do. It's not something that God imposes on you. It's something that you choose to do. It's you saying, I'm willing to make this sacrifice uh, so that I can honor God to show that I'm going to deny myself and be devoted unto God. I, I just need you to understand the whole principle of that. In the Old Testament, they fasted by food. Because food was the most important resource that they could possibly have. Everybody needed to eat. They, they wanted to eat, and depending on what you ate, determined how you lived. And, and so they fasted food. And, and, and a lot of theologians believe that the only true fast is still food. But I look at it from the perspective, and I don't disagree with them, but I look at it as that you're giving up something that's important to you. I say that because uh, some of you, Facebook is the most important thing in your life right now. Instagram likes is the most important thing in your life right now. Your car is the most important thing in your life right now. And so some of us fasting, giving up food ain't going to hurt nothing. All, some of us, all we eat is one granola bar a day and then we good to go. But that, when you look at your, your, how much you're on your phone and it shows that you just spent 30 hours of a 24-hour day on Facebook. How do you spend 30 hours of a 24-hour day on Facebook? But somebody does it because that's what we care about the most. And so when you're saying to the Lord, I'm going to fast, I'm going to do something, you should be willing to give up something that really matters to you.
God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abstain from this to show you how devoted I am to you. And in that process, you're praying. In that process, every time you think about doing whatever that thing is that you would want to do, for me, it would probably be uh, barbecue. Y'all know what it is. And, and every, time, every time I want to go get a rib, God, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get it today, Jesus. Lord, I love you. I thank you for everything that you've done for me. You have to get into the point where every time you begin to deny yourself, the Bible tells us don't walk around when you're fasting like you're all sad with your head hanging. Y'all know how some of y'all do. Y'all want some sympathy from folks. Y'all walk around, what's going wrong with you? Oh, I'm fasting today. My head hurt. You, you want somebody just to sit. You should, you should keep yourself up. You know what I mean? Don't be sad. Don't be depressed. You should, you should still be the normal you. And, and don't look for attention from other people because the reality is if you're looking for attention from other people, then you're not doing it for the person that matters. And so we have to understand the power of fasting. So Jesus was in the garden. He was there for 40 days. He fasted, and then the enemy tested him. I believe there's a lot that we can learn from this lesson, and I believe that the first thing that we have to realize is that believers who fast experience three unique reactions that are designed to make us overcomers and not people who are overcome. I want you to make sure that you understand that when we fast, we experience three unique reactions uh, that allows us to be overcomers and not overcome. The first one is on the screen right now, and it simply says this, fasting develops physical endurance as a reaction. When we look at the text, Jesus goes through three unique tests. The first thing the Bible shows us in verse number three, it says, and the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Before I even get to verse four, why did the devil tell him to command the stones to turn to bread? In verse two, he just said he's what? Hungry. The devil is never going to come to you and offer you something you do not want. Oh, somebody missed that right there. I know you've been praying for a man. I know you've been praying for this job. All of these things that you can get, but maybe the way you have to do it is not the way that God wants you to do it. But you think, but this is exactly what I've been praying for. This is exactly what I need. Do you think the devil does not know your needs? Do you think he, not, he does not know your wants and your desires? I think the old saints used to say it like this, everything, baby, that glitter ain't gold. You have to realize that everything that crosses your path is not God sent. This is why some of us are locked in relationships that we can't get out of right now. Because we were praying to God, you send me a holy man, send me somebody. And what you got was a wolf in sheep clothing. He acted holy, but he was nothing but a straight hellion. He caused every type of problem. He done jacked up your credit. He done wrecked two of your cars. He done did everything that he could possibly do to destroy your life simply because of the fact that you went after the first thing instead of the right thing. We have to understand that God is trying to do some amazing things in our lives. And the reality is, is that if you're going to be a believer, the reason that you have to fast is because you have to produce physical endurance. And when I say we have physical endurance, because in verse 4, we see that Jesus' response is based off the Word of God and not only what he was going through physically. He, he, he gave him a spiritual response. Verse 3 says, turn these stones into bread if you're really the Messiah. So in that statement, he's questioning who you are and if you can do what it is that you say you can do. And that's what he's doing, and that's how the enemy plays on you. He, he causes you to question who you are. Are you really a child of God? Will God really provide for you? He ain't going to take care of this need like I will. That's what he does. And, and instantly we get into a panic. We get into a panic. 
The minute we give, we leave and we like, man, I don't know if I should have did that. God, how is this going to work out? Some of us, it gets us before we give. The minute we leave and we've just gotten all this courage to, and, and some of these young ladies and some of these men is like, you know what, I'm going to cut this dude off. I'm going to cut this woman off. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to do the right thing from here on out. Your phone ring as soon as you get in the car. And you act like he the only person or she the only person that you can't hit ignore on. You do it to them bill collectors every day. Part of fasting is developing physical endurance. Pastor, what do you mean that it develops physical endurance? Jesus denied himself willingly for 40 days. He didn't feed himself at all for 40 days. He didn't just get hungry. He'd been hungry. He'd been looking. Them crickets on the ground was looking good to him. He'd been hungry. But because he denied himself for 40 days, what does it hurt to do it one more day? See, this is the issue with many of us, that we can't build our physical endurance because we won't start with day one. We won't start with day one. Dundee, my biggest mistake trying to go in the gym and work out, Dundee, I went in. Uh, I said, man, when I was young, I used to hit 250 easy. I'm going to get up under there, and I couldn't get it no more, Dundee. I couldn't hit 250 no more. My arms were shaking and wobbling. Don't laugh at me. It, it, was, it was bad. And somebody said, man, Pastor, if you're really going to get back to where you need to be, you got to start first. You got to build the endurance. You got you to want to stick this thing out. And, and, and I would go, and I was like, I seen everybody running around the track, Dundee, and I wanted to run around the track with them. I'm gone, too. Couldn't even run. It was like my body jiggled where it used to just stand still. I, I, it didn't work anymore. It wasn't working. And, 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 and so, man, I said, just walk. I don't want to walk because if I walk, I look weak. I want to run. But the problem is, every time I run, I get, I get the runner's things in my legs. I have to quit, and I give up. And guess what it makes me do? I don't want to go back. But if I walked and then build it up to a little trot, then stopped and walked and then build it up to a trot, I could eventually get to where I wanted to be. But I do not do what I need to do to build up my physical endurance. As believers... We don't know how, we don't have control of our own, our body. This is why I struggle going by the barbecue house. This is why many of you struggle saying no to the person that you're always saying yes to. This is why many of us fall prey to sin. It's because we can't deny the flesh because we have not built up the physical endurance to do so. We have not taken the time to tell ourselves no. Many of you wait until you get hit by the test to try to tell yourself no. When fasting is fitness for the faith. Reason why many, oh, this is so good. Y'all, if it was an old church, y'all be shouting right now. I, I'm trying to help y'all. Fasting is fitness for the faith, which allows you to understand that if I don't practice it on my own, when the opportunity comes for me to actually exhibit it, I won't be able to. The Bible says you know them by the fruit that they bear. If you really want to begin to overcome things, put yourself through the test. This is why we fast, because we can build up our physical endurance. You know what? If you willingly fast yourself once a week that, you know what, I'm going to abstain from uh, being on social media. 
I'm not going to be on social media for seven days. I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stop. You'll be amazed at how much you grow spiritually, emotionally, and probably even physically as a result of taking back that time from abstaining from social media. You won't be in everybody else's business. You won't care about what other people say about you. You, you'll be focused so much on yourself. I envy people like Brother Josh that don't even have a social media page. I said, man, follow us on Facebook, man. Follow us on He said, Pastor, I'm sorry. I, I don't have that. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't have that? It's like a social security card. Everybody got to have one of those things. He's like, no, I just disconnect. I got so much free time. And, and, like, and I'm like, bro, you, you have to be living a life. Because I have to fight myself. I ain't lying. Before I brush my teeth sometime, I'm looking at Facebook. Who done posted something? And I got to tell myself, no, stop. Go pray first. Clean yourself up first. I get on my son. The first thing he want to do is get up and get on the PS4, play Madden 2020. I'm like, dude, you stink. Go do something with yourself. We have to get to the point where we physically discipline ourselves so that when the enemy comes to try to physically tempt us, we can overcome the test. This is why Jesus was able to say no. He was able to push back with the word of God. He had denied himself for 40 days. So one day wouldn't have hurt anything. I dare you to try to deny yourself and imagine what God would do. So not only do we have that fasting develops a physical endurance, but fasting moves on and increases a mental awareness as a reaction. When we move on to, to, from verse 4, and Jesus gives them his answer in verse 4, the Bible says, uh, but he answered him and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Which in other words, I don't need this to live. I really need God to live. Uh, but verse 5 goes on to say the enemy wasn't satisfied with the first test. So this should let you know you ain't no better than Jesus. Just because you overcame one test don't mean you won't go through another test. And so the second test shows us that the devil says, then the devil took him into the holy city. Had him stand on the holy, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and verse and, and part B of verse six and their hands. They will bear you up on their hands. They will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against the stones. Verse seven. This is Jesus response. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. I want to make sure that you understand when I say that fasting increases your mental awareness because the devil will play mind games on you. If you do not know that, that is his best way of manipulating you. Look in the beginning, his first trick, Adam and Eve in the garden. She says, listen, I can't eat from the tree because we'll die. And he says, well, you surely won't die. In other words, there will not be a physical death, but he never mentioned that there will be a spiritual death, that there will be a disconnect between you and God, that you will be in the same situation that I'm in. He plays mind games on you. And this is the biggest trick of the enemy is to manipulate your mind. And this is what he tried to do to Jesus in the text. He says, listen, if you're really the son of God, jump off of here because the word of God says this. He's going to do this and he's going to do that. And Jesus says, well, on the other hand, the Bible says, don't put the Lord your God to the test. You can't combat anybody that tries to manipulate the word of God if you don't know the word of God. I'm trying to help somebody. You should come to church ready to learn, ready to grow, but you should leave ready to study and try to find out if it's reality. 
Uh, does this really match up with the text? Can I, can I really apply this in my life on a day-to-day basis? This is where many of us fail. We are not mentally strong enough to overcome the test. We have not studied. The reason why Jesus was able to pop back with a word from, from when the enemy spitted the word of God to him, because he knew the word of God. He knew what it says. One of the worst things that could have possibly happened for, for any parent was for that child to know the scripture. Because we know parents always use the scripture that says, uh, children obey your, your parents, your mother and father in the Lord for what? This is right. That's the scripture. But they never go on to the latter verses that says, parent, don't provoke your children to wrath. I don't know what I would do if I told my son, but, but son, the Bible says, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And Isaiah says, but dad, the Bible also says, don't provoke your son to wrath. And, and, Instantly, he's able to come back at me with the word because he knows the word. I actually asked Isaiah yesterday, we were building a, a, a cabinet, and I asked him, and I said, Isaiah, how does it feel to be a pastor's son? How does it, I know it has to be tough. You're always with me. You got to wake up. You go with me early. You, you study. He's like, well, Dad, can I be honest? I'm like, yeah, be honest. He's like, it's kind of tough. And I'm like, what do you mean it's tough? He says, well, on one hand, you know all the Bible lessons, and so when you go to church, in children's church, you got all the answers, so you get the prizes. So that's the cool part. But yeah, I don't really like always getting up in the morning. I said, well, just think about the fact that you know the Bible, that you know the Bible, and you're able to express it and share it with them. And, and, and that makes me excited and that my son knows the Bible. He has his own little study Bible that he studies, him, him and his sister, that they read in their own personal time with their pictures and everything because they're hiding the Word of God in their heart because the Word of God is the only thing that's going to allow you to overcome obstacles and trials and tests. It's the only thing when the enemy shows you that, that a weapon has formed against you and you like, well, what the, what the enemy shows you, a weapon formed against you, and this is going to destroy you, your bills, student loans, your friends, your family, all of these weapons that's formed against you, your response should be, yeah, weapons are supposed to form. But the Bible says, no weapon that forms, which means they will form, that forms against me will prosper. It doesn't matter that it's forming, it's just not going to prosper. It can stand there, it can dance, it can wave back and forth, do whatever it wants to do, but it's not going to prosper. Things are going to happen. Things are going to take place. We have to get to a point in our lives where we build our mental capacity, where we learn and know more about the Word of God, where every answer that we find about what we're going through in life does not come from YouTube or Google. We have to begin to put ourselves and hide ourselves in His Word so that we can have a mental awareness awareness when the enemy is trying to trick us so that we can know that this is a trick of the devil. This is not the right thing for me. I have better and God wants me to do better. So as a result of it, I'm going to resist what you're trying to offer me because it just don't work. It's not going to work out in my favor. It doesn't work for the kingdom of God. So the Bible shows us that we have to have uh, fasting because it produce, it develops physical endurance. It, it increases mental awareness. The last thing, and I'm going to let y'all go on today, is that we fast because it clarifies our spiritual perspective. Fasting, when you, as a reaction, will clarify your spiritual perspective. Pastor, what do you mean that it will clarify your spiritual perspective? Verse 8, again, the devil took him into a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Catch this, verse 10. This is my Lord and Savior. Then Jesus said to him, go, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God 
and serve him alone. Bible says in verse 11, then the devil left him and behold, angels came and began ministering to him. Whoa, help was on the way. Can, can, I, can, I, can I help you understand something? The first test was about his physical endurance. Are you really going to give up on God just to satisfy your flesh? Because that's what many of us do to make ourselves feel good. We want a bigger house, a nice car. I'm going to give up to satisfy my flesh. The second test was about his mental awareness. I'm going to see if I can just trick you and see if you really know what you think you know about God. So I'm going to play a little wordplay on the scripture and see if I can manipulate you to giving up on God because you really don't understand what the Bible is saying. The third test was all about his spiritual perspective. He takes Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, yeah. the Word made flesh. He takes him up on the mountain and shows him as far as the eyes could see and say, you can have it all if you bow down and worship me. But he says, the Word of God says, thou shalt worship no other God except the Lord your God. In other words, you have to love him with all your heart. Uh, essentially what Jesus says is that Serving my father is more important than anything else that you can get. The thing that baffles me is that the enemy was trying to give away something that wasn't even his to give. How are you going to give me access to what's already mine? I just came to reclaim it. You was just occupying it. Can I help somebody understand? There are things in your life that the enemy will try to offer you as a sellout, but he can't sell you something that's already been paid for. It already belongs to you. You don't have to give up yourself. You don't have to sell out yourself. You don't have to compromise yourself. You will never have to be less than who you are to receive what God has for you. What would it look like for Jesus to fall down on his knees, the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior? What would it look like for him to fall down on his knees and say, devil, I worship you just to get what he wants? But many of us, we keep making ourselves less than what God has called us to be. We keep making ourselves less than what God, we keep, we've taken on the titles that people have given us just to receive what they, what they want to offer us. Just to receive what they want to offer us. Your pastor ain't always been a perfect person. Your pastor hasn't already been perfect. I'm good now. Let me tell you the good part before I tell you the bad part. The good part is I give my wife money like crazy. I'm like, her cash out, boo, I love you, go do this. The other day she hit me up. I sent her some money, and I was like, uh, hey, check your cash out. I sent her some money. And she was like, um, what's this for? Where you get this from? I say, just call me Ghost. Y'all, if y'all y'all watch the show, y'all know what it is. I'll just call just call me Ghost. And I'm I'm moving weight. I'm pushing the word. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm doing my and so she was like, boy, you better get out of here. And this this is this is what me and me and her do. We talk like that. But that was one point in my life before I found Jesus, before I understood what love was, that my wife would need money and she would ask me, and i and she would, and I would be like, Where your money at? Why you ain't got no money? What you gonna do with this? What you gonna do with this? You need to do this. All right, if I'm gonna do this, you gotta do this. I would put stipulations on it. Let me tell y'all, y'all got an amazing first lady. Ain't nothing weak about that woman now. Ain't nothing weak about that. She said, listen, boy, before you got here, I was doing all right. And you can leave and I will figure it out again. She would not allow herself to be demeaned or anything just to make myself feel good. Can I tell you something? There is nothing in this world that's designed for you that's going to make you less than what you are. There's nothing. 
There's nothing in the world that's designed for you. If you're in a relationship with an individual that treats you like you less than what you are, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to leave. If you're on a job that treats you like you less than you are, you need to leave. Find another job first, but you need to leave. Somebody needs to show, show you how much they appreciate you. They need to make sure that they understand. And if, if they don't show it, you need to tell them. One of the things I did on my, my job, I was preparing to leave, and I was like, man, I'm leaving. I'm tired of this man cussing all the time. I'm in here. I'm praying over everybody. I'm making everything, and he always got an attitude. And I was finna leave. And he was like, listen, Chris, you can't go. He can go, but you can't go. And they set us both down to, to make sure we talked about the whole situation. And the guy was like, man, I'm sorry. I never meant to disrespect you, your family, or, or, or your team. I won't ever do it again. People have to understand how important you are. That was a test, but we can't always run from it. We have to be prepared to fight when God calls us to fight. In the text, he shows us physical endurance, mental awareness, and spiritual, spiritual perspective is all developed as a form of fasting. Somebody ought to leave here today and start a fast. I am. I'm doing seven days. I don't know what I'm giving up yet, but I'm going to figure it out. I ain't going to do barbecue. I'm going to give them something else. Huh? <laughs> We got to leave here today giving up something. We got to give them something, something that we love to show them. I got to get right now. Why? Because I know I'm good. Everybody seen me. They was like, Pastor, what's going on with you? You on that happy juice today? You bouncing around? You jumping around? I am. I'm very happy. It's a new year. I made it. I didn't think 2000 was going to exist. I thought the world was going to stop. But yeah, I'm here in 2020 and I'm pushing through. God is still making things happen. The church is growing. People's lives are being changed. Yes, I'm excited. But I know this. It's 12 more months. It's, it's a long journey. And this year, things will happen. And the only way that I'm going to be prepared for every test that comes my way is I have to start fasting. Me personally, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to fast once a month. I'm going to personally make myself fast once a month to deny myself. Because I believe, just like in verse 11, when we go through this and we fast and we, get, we are tested, the Bible shows in verse 11 that the devil left him and the angels of the Lord came back and they, they, they ministered to him. They lifted him up. Something good happened after the fast. Oh, when I think about Nineveh, when I think about Nineveh and, and everything that they were going through and they fasted and, and God turned back and said, listen, I'm not going to destroy you. Something good happened after the fast. I, I'm, I'm in a position now I need a lot of good to happen. I need a lot of good to happen for me to be able to withstand the test that the enemy are going to throw my way. And I am so grateful because I know this, that fasting, if it did this for Jesus, I can't help but to look. Because uh, uh, our old pastor told me, if you don't talk about the cross, you ain't talked about the word. I want to make sure you understand something. When I, when I think about this, I can think about how this fasting could impact his life on the cross. Because when we think about that, it took physical endurance to take a beating that Jesus took. To allow them to put crowns of thorns on his head, to sit there and not mumble a word, to, to not fight back, not, to not make the clouds spread and the earth shake, to sit there, even though you're God in the flesh, to endure it. Because just as much as he was God, he was man. To feel that pain, physical endurance. Yeah, and then I look at it and I see he has a lot of mental Awareness, Pastor, what do you mean he has mental awareness? It, it takes mental awareness to be in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, and for him to say the words to God while he was on the cross with nails in his hands and in his feet. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they've done. 
That is mental awareness to be in the midst of physical pain, to be going through and to be able to look and say, you know what? Forgive them, God. They don't know what they've done. It's not their fault. And I can't help but to understand that it was also some spiritual perspective in this thing, because in the latter verses of Luke chapter 23, verse 46, he goes on to say, Father, into thine hands I commit my spirit. I commit my spirit. He understood that even though I didn't want to go through things this way, I have to go through things this way, so I give myself unto you this day. And we know the story that he died, but he did not stay dead. Bible tells us that after three days, he rises up so that we all can have eternal life, that all power in heaven and hell, everything had been given unto him. And this is why we have the ability to live. This is why we have the ability to rejoice is because of the sacrifices that God has made for us. This year will be a year of success. This year will be a year of reactions, but it will be so because of the choices that you make. I choose to receive the reactions of fasting. I choose to grow stronger physically. I choose to grow stronger mentally, and I choose to grow stronger spiritually, and I do it because I'm going to do what the Bible tells me to do. Amen? Let's give God a hand clap of praise. What an amazing word from God. Listen, we thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message. And it's because of that that we want to extend two invitations to you. Our first invitation is if you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, for you to actually stop in and worship with us at Believer City Church. We would greatly appreciate the opportunity to get to know you better. The second thing that we would invite you to do is if you want to partner with us in ministry. This message has been able to impact your life in any way, form, or fashion. You're able to partner with us simply by going to our website at believercity.org and clicking on the Give tab and just donating whatever God allows your heart to do so. Uh, You can also download our app by going to Google Play or the App Store and download Believer City Church. And there's ways that you can connect with us there, pray with us, give, and so many things that you can do to stay connected to the Believer City community. We thank you again for listening to this message, and we look forward to worshiping with you in the future. God bless you.